Here we go, holiday weekend. We're ready to get it going here and glad to have you with us. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. And we are on the road this morning, Jeff Howe and I. Of course, Snoop Daniel back in the studio, but uh, Jeff and I are at Pluckers, not far uh, from the ARN compound, but we're at Pluckers here at the location on South Lamar, right near where South Lamar and uh, Ben White come together, 29360, all that down there in the uh, in the area right here where those all come together. And we're here for our final wing folk luncheon of the season. Jeff Howe aptly labeled it as the wing folk luncheon since we have both men and women who take part in that. Of course, my co-host, a proud graduate of Florence High School. Always. Former honorable mention, all-district offensive lineman when he wore the purple and white number 79, and they knew him as Highway 79 in his days with the Florence Buffaloes. But you know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. That is Jeff Howe. Now you're, you're just in those days, like I said, you're the pride of Northwest Williamson County, but nevertheless, you are living it up on the south end these days. Hayes County yeah, resident. Hayes County, my neck of the woods. Yeah. I went south instead of north because if I'd have gone north, I'd ended up in Gerald, and I'd have just hated myself. Okay. Now, now let's at least get this part right. If you gone to Gerald, you would have gone east, correct? No, northeast. Okay. Far in the market, 487 does kind yeah. of take a circuitous route yeah. over there. Okay. You're all fired up about Gerald's playoff against Wimberley tomorrow night or Friday night, aren't you? Uh, Yeah, not for any, any reasons to deal with the Cougs, but uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Right. I think our erstwhile producer might make it out to that one. He's uh, he's fired up about everything, and uh, he, of course, is back in our studios. He's Jonathan John Donaldson, Jay, Jay Donaldson. We know him as Snoop Daniel. How you doing, Snoop? Good. Uh, ready for some playoffs, baby. Are you eating? No. Are you I, getting an early start on Thanksgiving? No, I wish. I am just uh, – I think I just drank a sip of coffee. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> You know, can you tell us a little bit about what you think your schedule might entail in terms of game watching and, and your presence on site yeah. for that? Oh, you're talking about Friday? Yeah. Oh, I I want to go everywhere. <laughs> I really yeah, want to be. First of all, first of all, if there was a game Thursday night, you would be there. If there was a high school game Thanksgiving, you would be there. There's have, no have, doubt. Have you ever been? Have you ever been to a high school playoff game on Thanksgiving night? Yes, I'm pretty sure during the COVID thing, I was at a playoff game on New Year's and Thanksgiving yep. and every holiday. Christmas Eve except, and all that stuff. Except the yeah. good Jesus birthday. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, I've actually called broadcast high school playoff games on Thanksgiving night before um, of 2A and back in the day when 1A, what is now 2A, I did a game between Detroit and Italy on Thanksgiving night, 1990. I always remember it was 1990 because that's when Emmett Smith was a rookie and had a big monster day against Washington that day yeah. as a rookie. But I was doing Detroit and Italy in Royce City that night in a 1A Region 3 playoff game back in the day. But, all right, so you don't have anything Thursday. So Friday you may start off with Texas Baylor, right? First thing in the morning? Yeah, possibly. If I don't wind up in San Antonio, I 
Oh, that's a good point. Trips playing at eleven. Yeah, but so I saw that. them. I saw them. Man, they destroyed Brandon. So I think they'll yeah. be fine. Uh, wait, wait. Carl. They did not destroy Brandon. No, no they not Brandon. Brandice. Brandice. Excuse me. Forgive me, San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. Brandon's pretty good. Mm. Brandon's. We'll good. say we'll Let say Brandon getting beat down for Lake Travis on Friday. I would stay away <laughs> from words like beat down when you get to this point. I'm just saying there's. <laughs> There's not too many teams doing the beat, beating uh, – Westlake, you know. I mean, I mean there's some other ones. But, uh, but uh, okay, so uh, you could be there. Uh, is it true what Jeff's saying? There's the possible – I mean, you, we know where you got to be. you got to be in the studio at 5 o'clock. Correct, and clearly. I will. That's the one thing that yeah. I am dedicated for, to doing. Yeah, for the Flex ATX pregame show on Friday night. All right, uh, now here's what we've got coming up on the program. Uh, Wednesdays – Normally, right around 10.20 is when we visit with Tony Salazar, head coach of the Westlake Chaparral. He comes in the studio to join us. But they had, and we'll get, it, we'll get the review, <laughs> excuse me, review from him. They had their turkey bowl game this morning with the uh, yep. JV players and the, the ones promoted up to varsity that, you know, haven't gotten a chance to play. So, that, that they've had that, and they're practicing right now. So, they're going to finish up practice and then – He's going to join us around 1045. So what we're going to do, we're just flip-flopping a couple of things within the framework. We do have our Whataburger Top 5 coming. I'm assuming we have the Whataburger Top 5 with regard to Snoop Daniels' Top 5 yes. players to watch For this sure. week, right? For sure. Okay. Okay, good. All right, so we, we do have that. Then we're going to have a Longhorn Notebook. So we'll load that. And – we're uh, we're gonna well we're actually gonna have our supreme lending pick them right yeah we're gonna yeah. do that need to get that out of the way yeah yeah see because you guys have got to pull yourselves up by the bootstrap we had a good week last week okay we you four, did a four and one week last okay. week we are, we are a game behind Bob Cole <sighs> we're one we game got behind. to get you ahead of Bob Cole what is the deal we're only a game behind though okay we're, we're doing okay okay you know what uh, Snoop Utah did it last week I took Utah over Oregon that was that was the one we missed thank you uh, oh. And, and Snoop's Utes, picks. Those two Utes. And Snoop's picks last week. Snoop had a, had a perfect weekend in the NFL. He went Chiefs Cowboys. When in doubt, go Chiefs Cowboys. You know that's usually usually the case. All right. So but actually, I've got to give Snoop his picks first. Like we got yeah. the NFL first because surprise, surprise. All right. The Thanksgiving game is one of the Thanksgiving games. Ah, uh, yeah, this yeah, week. yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So we've got that coming up in a few minutes, and then and then like I said, we'll have. Uh, uh, a Longhorn Notebook, then Coach, uh, and then we'll have Inconceivable, and then Coach Salazar will join us around 10:45. Greg Tepper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, joins us just past the top of the hour in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, so we'll have that, and um, so that he will uh, will take the statewide look and things, and then. Uh, Drew Sanders, head coach of the Vandegrift Vipers, joins us normally on Thursday, but obviously Thursday being what it is tomorrow, uh, the holiday, Drew will join us at uh, around 11.30. We'll do that. We'll also have a Flex 30 update, and we'll have another Longhorn Notebook next hour as well. So, uh, without further ado, let's jump right into it, right out of the gate. Snoop's leading us off with... The Whataburger Top 5. It's time for the Whataburger Top 5. Okay, prepare to receive today's edition. Here we go. Top 5 players to watch. Okay, here we go. All right, so my top, uh, my tie at 5 are two quarterbacks who we hope will meet each other uh, 
next week. And there are two Baylor-bound quarterbacks. There are Austin Novoside and Brady Buchanan, uh, the quarterbacks for Dripping Springs and Vandergrift, uh, the Vipers district champs this year. Drip only one district loss, and that was to Westlake. Uh, both are still in it, and they surely remember that 23-20 to uh, Dripping Springs win at Vandergrift to start the season, Craig. Well, that was a long time ago, right? No. That was uh, back on August 27th, that that sort of thing. But, hey, yeah, I'm sure they do remember Feels it. Feels like a long time right. ago. Number four yeah. is a quarterback who uh, probably has the least stats of anybody playing tonight, but really is so important. I'm talking about Reese Vickers, uh, the head of the slot tee for Liberty Hill. This guy touches the ball every time, of course, along with Jackson Harrison. But uh, he has to make that uh, judicious de- uh, decision on to give it to the swingman or the fullback or to keep it himself. And uh, he could, with the daylight, maybe playing a factor with the mules and defending the slot T. Oh, Reese Vickers is really going to have to be on his P's and Q's. Yeah, Reese Vickers can't wear, he can't wear his Batman uniform, <laughs> Snoop, because it's, wa- it's daylight. I, I, I'm wondering if the computer would look <laughs> at it differently uh, if, if the game was – uh, you know, nighttime as opposed to daytime, because we told you the computer says it's a pickup between Liberty Hill and Alamo Heights. All and, right. and last year was a tight ball game, 43-40 ball game. Okay. Okay. Well, Next. All right. Uh, a Caden Leone, a six, uh, excuse me, a, a six o'clock kick here on the horn, taking on Brennan. Uh, again, didn't come into the season as the expected starter. Uh, celebrated a birthday yesterday. And, uh, you know, anytime I feel if the computer had more emotion, they would take into account birthdays and if the quarterback has a special day <laughs> and that he's going to have a career day against uh, Brennan tomorrow. What do you think about that, Cray? I think the computer should take I, I, birthdays into consideration. I, I'm, I'm glad that you're at least coming to grips with the fact that the computer does not factor in emotion. It does not factor in holidays. It does not factor <laughs> in birthdays. It is a cold, unfeeling, analytical Machine. Computer's a sociopath, Snoop. That's all it is. It, you know, what is it a sociopath? There's no no emotion. No oh. emotion. It just goes about its business. But but instead of wreaking havoc on society with like, you know, crime and stuff, all it does is tell you how one team should be better than the other team by a number. That's all it does. Okay. I, I know you've called it a jerk. You've <laughs> called it mean. You've called it angry. It's none of those things. It is, yeah. it is merely, merely a data-producing product. Whoa. Okay. Snoop, you can pretend the uh, in light of my Batman analogies for your take on yeah. Liberty Hill this week, you can just pretend that the computer is in human form and it wears a Bane mask while it's Oh, a more an evil one. Yeah. Mm, I like Liberty Hill. Like that. Hill. Oh, my you. goodness. Okay. Oh, well, now he's Chancellor Palpatine. All right, uh, number two, no, Jeff. Chancellor Palpatine would say you are mistaken about the computer as well as a great many things. Oh, Go ahead. Palpatine, you're so wise as well. Okay, is anybody out there talking about uh, the quarterback for uh, Gerald, Andrew Nebel? Well, I'm going to give him the number two uh, spot. and I'm going to give you some numbers from this young man. 31 passing touchdowns. Six rushing touchdowns. He is uh, completing 51% of his passes. And I got to say, it's going to be uh, a tall order for a Gerald program that has already made the city so proud, you know, making the playoffs in the last game, knocking off a number one seed uh, to get to this round. Uh, Wimberley, it's tall order. But I want to watch uh, the, the, the quarterback, Nebel, for Gerald, okay. my number two. And my number one player to watch, Whataburger Top 5, 
it's Jack Kaiser of the Westlake Chaparrales. You know, it's so funny because he is producing so big. I think, I don't know why he doesn't get the respect that, I think people think he's good, but he is outstanding. And he's been nothing but outstanding since tearing up Temple's JV in week two in 2021. So four touchdowns last week. Uh, he can do whatever he wants. And, uh, and San Benito, I think he's going to have another big game at Alamo Stadium. Uh, afternoon game. Go check him out. My Whataburger Top 5. There it is. Uh, by the way, my favorite texter, Purple Buffalo's daddy. You know, he had a big task this morning, Craig, for, yeah. uh, for Thanksgiving dinner. He had to go out to wherever he set the trap between the moonshine still in the outhouse when he went to use one and check the other this morning <laughs> to get possum or raccoon or whatever they're eating for Thanksgiving dinner in right. Gerald tomorrow. Uh, but he had time to text us to say that uh, Knievel, the quarterback for Gerald, it's Corey Knievel's cousin. Oh, yeah. Lifetime Longhorn. That's right. He's Corey Knievel's cousin. That's right. So, oh. what's it, 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 yeah, it's first name again. Andrew. Andrew. Andrew Knievel. He's the Corey Knievel's cousin. There you go. Hey, can we get our volume turned up a little bit? We're I getting do. some feedback on the Specs text line that you and I are not loud enough. Okay. Oh. I just did. Snoop, I just, I just, I just is louder. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Snoop. All right. All right. So there it is. Sorry. Uh, there it is. Your uh, the Whataburger top five. Thank you, text all right. line. Y'all are part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. As always. Uh, three three seven three seven seven six. Okay. From there, we transition to the Supreme Lending Pick'em. NFL first. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's go. Let's go. Here we go. We'll go with some National Football League uh, choices. Now you guys went four and one last last week. Mm-hmm. And Snoop was two and zero. Oh. Okay. Credit where it's due. Where is uh, – who's at the top of the tote board on that deal? Uh, oh, you're talking about the overall, oh, the overall. leaders? Uh, I believe that is Chris Waters and his group. Wow. Are, are at the top. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, the uh, at least you guys made a nice nice bounce back. You, you, oh, you do? Uh, yes, Chris Waters and his group are How at the top. How far are you behind? Uh, we are – we're about Significantly? Nine, nine games behind. Wow. Oh, you're going to have to make a – like an Atlanta Brave style run to try to catch him there. All right, uh, lead off with uh, Snoop. All right, Snoop. Two of them. I don't even think I need to ask you about the first one. Uh, Thanksgiving, the New York Giants traveling to the Metroplex to take on the yeah. Dallas Football Cowboys. Cowboys by a million. Right. There you by go. a million. <laughs> uh, don't bet on that, Snoop, please. Uh, What's trying, it? Um, trying to make sure you have a happy holiday season. Uh, Lee Sterling picked like 50 to 14. Jeez. Would that, would that satisfy you there, Snoop? Yes, if it they, would. If the Cowboys won 50, if they put a 50-burger on And them? I can't Giants remember do. them being so prolific on offense. Uh, yeah, what was it uh, that Barry Switzer used to like to say? Hang half a hundred? By halftime. Yeah. Uh, Giants are trending in the wrong direction. Craig, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue or go against Snoop on that one. Snoop, this one, I don't know. This is a toughie. You got to put some thought into it. Sunday nope. noon kickoff, Bengals Titans. Ooh, where is that game? It's in Nashville. Okay, so the Bengals at the Titans Sunday in Nashville. Snoop, think hmm. think carefully now. Well, I'm gonna say that former Hendrickson running back Samaj P. Ryan has his third baby in the bun. Or his wife does, excuse me, Meg. And last week he had three touchdowns in one game, the most of receiving touchdowns by a running back in Bengals history. And that Cincinnati rolls on the road, Bengals. Okay. All right. So you're basing it on the fact that his wife has, as you call it, a third 
baby in the bun? Yeah. I mean bun in the oven, right? Bun in the <laughs> oven. That's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, by the way, I did pick up some Ashley P. Ryan for my fantasy football Ooh, team this week. Wide, very Because the Rams released Daryl Henderson, so it needed, a, it needed another running back. So, it's a flex guy. Shout yeah. out Hendrickson. So, there. Uh, <laughs> so, again, Snoop is going with the Cowboys to beat the Giants and the Bengals with a third bun in the oven to knock off <laughs> the Titans. All hey, right. Man, those kids are expensive. Now – we move to the collegiate ranks. Three picks for Jeff Howe, and Snoop will unveil each one as it goes. Pick number one. Michigan, Ohio State. Mm. I'm, going, I'm going Ohio State. No hesitation. You kind of no. went Snoop on that. You just went, jumped right on that Look, there at I the love, horseshoe. My 10-year-old self is disappointed because I loved Michigan football growing up because they had cool helmets. Uh, so I got a soft spot in my heart for Michigan, but – Jim Harbaugh against Ohio State. It's in Columbus. I don't like those odds. Give me Ohio State. Because it's in Columbus. Yes. Because he got finally got the monkey off his back and beat him anywhere. He did. Last year. Yeah. But, but I uh, think Ryan Day is going to take that monkey and beat him over the head with it this year. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I thought I thought I heard Bucky and Aaron talking about it. It's, what's seven in the hook on that one? It's like a seven and a half thing for Ohio State in that. Um, okay. All right. So that's – is uh, the first of the three choices. Yep. Pick number two, Snoop. N- number two, USC Notre Dame. Give me SC. Expect uh, expect SC, as is the case with a lot of Lincoln Riley games. They'll jump out to a huge lead. The defense will have issues, and then Caleb Williams will save it in the end. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think it would be important for them to jump lead. The way that Notre Dame's been controlling the clock and controlling the football, yeah, and running the ball well. Okay, but give uh, me SC. All right. All right. So that's two. And then the final of the three collegiate choices on the board is? Battle of the Mids. Oklahoma versus Texas Tech. Ooh. Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this one. That uh, thing get onto the board there. Yeah, because Oklahoma, you know, winning Bedlam, bad Spencer Sanders with yeah, his ugly yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, But how I've handled games in this league, Craig, when in doubt, when you're picking a Big 12 game, go with the home team. And I just think Tech at home, I think they've got that whole deal where they want to beat Texas and Oklahoma for the yeah. first time in the same season ever. So right. Give me the Red Raiders at home. Wow. What is the uh, FIPO line on that, by the way? I can I'm check not, that for you. I've not, I've not even seen what the, what the is. On. All right. To review, Snoop has the Dallas Cowboys, and he has the Cincinnati Bengals, and Jeff Howe has – Ohio State, Jeff Howe has – what's game number two? USC. Oh, USC. And then Jeff Howe has the Texas Tech Red Raiders in Lubbock against the Oklahoma Sooners. Then. I'm seeing I'm seeing OU – I'm seeing OU's a two-point favorite. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, there it is, the supreme lending – Pick'em challenge. Well, that's, I don't know why it said that. Now I'm, I'm looking at this. It says Tech minus seven and a half. Oh, Lord. Really? Yeah. Wow. Huh. Okay. I, I, th- I think the answer is somewhere in the middle <laughs> between <laughs> those. I think it's, it it's probably is. Um, yeah. What the hell is I looking at that OU plus two? Uh, or that's, OU minus that's C? Interesting. Uh, all right. So there it is. There's your uh, Supreme Lending Pick'em challenge. 
the NFL and the college picks. All right, uh, before we get to the break, it's time to get to the first of our Longhorn Notebooks. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. A Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your Longhorn lender and the home loan expert. Be sure to check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, just like it sounds. Bowersockteam.com, see if she can do for you what she did for Linda and me is to get that home loan approval turned around like that. It can happen in as few as 10 days, maybe even less. Check her out at bowersockteam.com. Snoop, can I get a breaking news sounder before we move on to talk football? Big weekend. Uh, good times right now on the 40 on uh, for the basketball team, Craig. Absolutely. Uh, up to number four in the AP poll. Gregory Jim game coming up on Saturday. And they've got a visitor coming in in the class of 2024, Cam Scott, six foot six shooting guard out of Lexington, South Carolina. You were educating me a little bit earlier. On right Lexington, there. In, South Carolina. Yeah, right there in the Columbia area on that uh, north side of Columbia. Good high school basketball right in that area. And he's uh, right at the top of that list. Yep, a top 30 prospect in the country, according to uh, our guys at 24 7 Sports and in the 24 7 Sports composite. He'll be on campus with his dad, uh, his mom, and his cousin. Uh, this is a guy that Texas really, really likes. Again, 6'5 shooting. Guard. Uh, he's been offered by Texas, Florida State, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Auburn. Uh, he's made visits to Auburn, South Carolina, and Tennessee. Uh, interested in business or, Craig, he might, he might want your job at some point. Interested in sports broadcasting. This week he could have it. It's been a cramble. I would be happy to take him under wing and and uh, instruct him on some things. But now this kid, uh, Chris Beard, went to see him uh, a couple of days before Texas opened the season against UTEP. And uh, when you talk about guard play, we talk about guard play wins in March, and I like what Texas is doing right now. They're getting it established under Chris Beard with Tyrese Hunter and, and Serge Barry Rice, uh, Arterio Morris. We know Rowan Brumbaugh is taking the red shirt. But mm-hmm. I like what the staff is doing in terms of building a uh, – getting signing from, uh, from A.J. Johnson in the class of 2023. So they're looking to build on it. Uh, Camp Scott's a really, really – high priority for this staff, and uh, uh, they're going to host him this weekend. Yeah, that'd be a great addition there with you. You mentioned A.J. Uh, coming in as well. So that would uh, that could be a great backcourt of the future for yeah, the Longhorns. Absolutely. All right, so Cam Scott being hosted by the Texas basketball staff this weekend. Let's go ahead and get to it. I'll try to make this as tidy as I can because I know we're pressed for time. But uh, three matchups that I'm watching in Texas okay. v. Baylor. Matchup number one. Craig, I've talked about it a lot. We talked about it on the Longhorn Blitz podcast. I'm writing about it at Horns 24-7. The Texas defensive line against the Baylor offensive line. If you look nationally, I love uh, Parker Fleming at Stato War on Twitter. He does some really good stuff. Uh, Offensive success rate, Baylor 17th in the country in rushing success rate. Basically, what percentage of the time are they staying on schedule? Texas defensively, they're 11th in the country and success rate allowed. They do that good a job of keeping uh, an offensive uh, running game off schedule. So that's the matchup for me. If Texas can win that battle, it plays into my second matchup, which is Jalen Ford against Blake Shapin. Because if Baylor can get the running game going, that opens up their RPO game. That opens up their play-action game. And Blake Shapin has been at his best when they can get the play-action game going. Craig, 11 of his 14 touchdown passes this season have come on play-action passes. So we talk about the middle of the field. That's right. where Baylor wants to go. That's where we've seen Texas be vulnerable. So it's Jalen Ford. It's DeMarvin Overshone. It's the safeties all in the middle of the field. If Baylor can get the run game going, they want to go play action. That's where they'll look to attack. And then matchup number three, I'll kind of throw Gavin Holmes in here a little bit, but it's 
Janae Barrett against Monterey Baldwin because Monterey Baldwin, 160 of his 190 snaps on offense this year have been in the slot uh, among Big 12 receivers. He's number three in the Big 12 in yards after the catch per reception at 8.1. He's tied for first in the Big 12 with Gavin Holmes, 2.9 yards per route run. We know Janae Barrett's been a really good cover guy, probably been the most consistent guy in the mm-hmm. secondary. Uh, uh, Monterey Baldwin had that big play for Baylor in their, in their uh, game against TCU so we talk about attacking the middle of the field the play action passing game using your slot receivers Gavin Holmes will be that guy but Monterey Baldwin Craig that speedster from Killeen shout out to folks from the 254 Uh, that's the matchup I'm watching is he against Jaday Barron former shoemaker Gray Wolf and uh, and and uh, Snoop that's Monterey as in M-O-N-A-R-A-Y not like the city in Mexico not like Monterey Monterey Monterey. it's just Monterey uh, on that. All right. So there, uh, there's those uh, those key matchups to watch on that. All right. We need a break. When we come back, we're going to move uh, inconceivable up. And um, Snoop, um, you know, normally we do this. We have a thing on Friday. We have no Friday show. So I just thought we do a little got one little. Florida man Thanksgiving nugget for you there because what happens when we get on Friday? Well, we get all the way flaccid. All All right, okay. (laughs) Somehow that just never settles well with me. We go to the most flaccid state in the lower 48, Snoop, and we go grab that low-hanging fruit from Florida on a Friday. Yeah, yeah. It's usually a Florida man Friday, but since we are getting into a holiday weekend, we do have a Florida story. We've got a couple others as well. So we'll do that when we continue with Light the Tower. On the horn, we're out here at Pluckers, South Lamar location for our Wing Folk lunch when we're done today. And there will be a pair of tickets to give away. So uh, so make sure you get out. We usually do that, the drawing. We usually do that drawing about 1245. So uh, the, the – uh, uh, Pluckers opens at 11, so when you start, you know, come on in, get your name in the registration box. You must be present to win, and we'll give away a pair of tickets to the Texas-Baylor game on Friday. So we'll continue with Life the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. For late- you keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, inconceivable normally means we get to a Florida man thing on Friday. We do have a Florida man thing today since this is, after all, the holiday weekend. We'll, and we'll get to that in just a few moments. But first of all, we have some uh, regular inconceivable items for you. First of all, um, I don't know if you guys heard about it. Did you hear about the Joy Rider at the Cleveland Browns Stadium? Yes. Did you hear about this? No. Um Dude jumped on uh, what looks to be one of the yard, uh, the, one of the uh, grass machines or something, you know, and uh, whether it's a mower or something else, an edge or something, and just kind of broke into First Energy Stadium and took a joyride on that deal. He was like doing donuts in the field and stuff like that, kind of like something you would have done at Gerald back in the, you know, when you were playing for Florence back in the day. Yeah, go go mud and tear something up. You would have gone and messed up their field. I mean. I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of this, Snoop. Back in 1979, Richardson upset Plano. Plano had just come off back-to-back trips to the state title game. They won in 77, got to the finals in 78 when they lost to Craig James and Houston Stratford. So they get back in 79, or in 79 they're going along, and Richardson upsets them in the regular season, three to nothing. And Richardson 
was a big rival of Plano. And uh, John Clark Field, the new stadium in Plano at the time, brand new rug, artificial turf surface. And there were several students went over there and burned the final score of the game in the field, 3 nothing. Nice. Wow. 3 nothing on that. Well, this guy went it, – it the damage wasn't quite as much. First of all, it was on grass, uh, but it did uh, have a lot of damage on it. But they say the damage is superficial, so they don't think it will be a problem when Tom Brady and the Buccaneers go into Cleveland this Sunday for the uh, – for the matchup. Somebody is a prank. Uh, this is a, a Florence High School student who did this. Somebody is a prank the, the night before a, game, a home game. Yeah. Planted a tree in the middle of the 50-yard line, Stampede Stadium. Wow. Concrete and the whole deal. Wow. Coaches out there with pickaxes trying to bust it up. Just filled the hole with sand. You, you, you think it could have been somebody from, like, Gerald that went over and did that? No, I think it was because we were, we were playing Salado that next oh, night. So okay. I think it was one of those deals. Hell, they th- they'll think it's somebody from Salado, but we found out it was an inside job. Really? Yeah. You weren't connected in no, any way, shape, no. or form to that, were you? Nope. Okay. All right. My hands are clean on that one. Okay. All right. On that one. Okay. It's kind of like in the line in stripes, you know, where they're <laughs> talking to Bill Murray and Harold Ramis when they want to join the Army and they say, have you guys ever been convicted of a felony? Convicted? Convicted? No. Convicted. And part of that triangle rivalry, Florence, Gerald, Salado, I think yeah. I don't remember if Salado did it to Gerald or Gerald did it to Salado, but somebody's – the playing surface on someone's football field had things burned in it. Really? One of which I believe was a phallic symbol. Oh, you know nice, what I mean? nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Boy, I tell you, there is no love lost up in that little, that little corridor of hate. Uh, between, uh, you know, Gerald and Florence and Salado. You know, it's just – it's a little triangle of hate. Is That's a good is. way to put it, yeah. A little triangle of hatred is, is what that is. Um, there would be some folks that might uh, think this is hatred. A mountain lion got loose in the Hollywood Hills. And I uh, promise you won't laugh at this, okay? Um, there was a resident – in Los Angeles, uh, it was actually a dog walker, and the dog walker was walking a chihuahua. Oh, man, I know where this is going. Yeah, uh, it uh, it went quickly. Uh, the mountain lion attacked and killed the chihuahua, uh, and uh, it said the mountain lion emerged from the bushes onto a residential street and pounced on Piper, a chihuahua mix. Piper was one of two dogs. Both on leashes, being walked by an unnamed dog walker. The dog walker said, I felt the tug and I heard Piper squeal. I turned around and I just saw a face. I didn't know what it was. It was like a two or three second struggle, said the man. He had Piper in his mouth. He didn't growl at all. Didn't even hear him. He never had a chance. Remember that scene in Snakes on a Plane, Craig, the uh, award-winning movie, cinematic masterpiece, Snakes on a Plane, where that dude grabbed that girl's chihuahua and let the snake eat it so they could get away? Yeah. Was it kind of like one of those deals? Maybe, except the dog walkers that just never saw the mountain lion, just slipped right in. Um, The National Park Service knows and knew which mountain lion it was. They tag them or something? Based on video footage and tracking data, the mountain lion that killed chihuahua was P-22. Several, one of several mountain lions that the agency tracks with GPS collars. 11-year-old male mountain lion weighing around 123 pounds. Uh, 
He's also suspected to have killed a koala at the Los Angeles Zoo back Jeez. in 2016. Uh, so uh, he's still at, still at large. It's a, they said when big cats are most active at night, that's when they have P-22 is still actively hunting deer, coyotes, and other more typical mountain lion prey, they added. In other words, non-chihuahua type deal. Well, can, can you give him a name like P-22? That's just degrading, right? It's like yeah. He's not a robot. He's, yeah. a, he's a living, breathing organism. Yeah, yeah. Say it's P-22 still... and just say like Sam or Joe or Bob or whatever. And, and still at large. Uh, so out there in the Hollywood Hills, just understand P-22 is out there watching. All right, Snoop, this is another animals doing human things. I like to pretend the animals talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And they, they've they given themselves names like Joe's wilding out again. I'm all to Chihuahua. Yeah. One, one mountain lion says, it. oh, excuse me, P-22. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, okay. Um, there was the passing of a former Florida governor. The reason why I even bring it up is John Y. Brown. Do you know you know who John Y. Brown was? No, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, multimillionaire, but he was the governor from 1979 to 1983. But he was also the owner of the Kentucky Colonels, the ABA franchise. Couldn't get them into the NBA. Did Dan Essel play for the Kentucky Colonels? Yes, he did. He was an ABA MVP for the Colonels. He also... John Way Brown was the guy who bought Kentucky Fried Chicken from the Colonel. Oh. Okay. Wow. And he was married to Phyllis George. Dang. Okay. In fact, when he wanted governor, she was oh, yeah. she was the first lady of the state of Kentucky. I still uh, want to know how someone arrives in with the military rank of Colonel merely by making delicious chicken. Yeah, well, you know. It's a mystery. Yeah, the Colonel's, Craig. you know, eleven herbs and spices, what can I tell you, you know? <laughs> Just, it just is that way. Okay, now for the Florida man story. Uh, since we are coming up on Thanksgiving, there's got to be food involved, right? Well, apparently a Florida man was hungry and wanted him some Burger King. But instead of doing like what Snoop does and goes up and – what do you like to order from Burger King, Snoop? Not the chicken Whopper. Yeah, that's yeah. not happening. Uh, what do you just, like to order from Just a Whopper and Nuggets. Okay, all right. Uh, well – he went in and needed and wanted some free food. And uh, they said, we're not going to give you free food. Uh, by the way, this happened in uh, Hillsborough County. Nice. Happened in, uh, happened in Tampa. Okay. Uh, so this Florida man goes in there. His name was, this is actually his name, Hubert Credit. Hubert Credit Jr., that's like falls into Rod Baber's shady name. So Hubert quotient. Credit Sr. had to go through his whole life with that name and yeah. decided, you know what, I've been miserable enough and been poked fun at enough yeah. that I'm going to make sure my son has the same misfortune. Yeah. Well, here's what Hubert Credit Jr., age 50, did. That's bad parenting, man. <laughs> Entered the Burger King in Tampa shortly after 5.30 and began stating he wanted free food from workers. workers hey, is this a.m. or p.m.? In the afternoon. Okay. He wanted his, you know, his uh, jalapeno Whopper. They weren't budging. So when they refused, he pulled out a pair of pliers from his pocket and said, I'll hurt you with these pliers. The uh, surveillance video shows him banging the pliers on the counter, (laughs) and he knocked over one of the cash registers. He then can be seen jumping the service counter. He allegedly made some additional threats. They called 911. The manager did give him some free food. And then 
he was eating the free food. He stayed on the premises. Cops had been called. He got his free food, and he was eating it inside a stall in the men's bathroom. Man. I mean, this is Florida hey, wait, man. He checking in the bathroom? The, yeah, in a stall. This is checking all the boxes for Florida man, okay? People go bad bathroom in there, man. Why are you going to take food in there? He wanted his Whopper. You don't, eat, you don't eat in the doo-doo hut. Yeah, no. well, he tried. They arrested him. That's all kinds of wrong. Yeah. You should have arrested him just for that. Yeah. Like, if he just paid for the food and gone and ate it in the bathroom, you should have arrested him for that. It's Florida man. What can I tell you? That's, that's, that's gross. That'll hit you into the holiday weekend. Coming up, we're going to visit with Tony Salazar, head coach of the Westlake Chaparrales, when we continue to light the tower. On the warrant from Pluckers on South Lamar. Hi, I'm Brad with Homes by Avi. And I'm Erin Bowersock. We are currently offering incredible incentives at all of our communities across. Actually, it's quite conceivable that the Texas high school football playoffs at the third round feature a turkey bowl. Because the turkey bowl means it happens on Thanksgiving morning. And that means that the Westlake Chaparrales are alive and well in the high school football playoffs. Yet again, the Chaps take on San Benito on Saturday. Joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline for our weekly conversation brought to you by Texas Truck and Trailer is the head coach of the Chaps, and that is Tony Salazar. Uh, the Turkey Bowl is happening tomorrow morning, isn't it, Coach? Well, we went ahead and got it out of the way today. We just got done with it. That's why my late appearance today. I'm okay. a little late. Okay. How did it go? Tell everybody, because I know that's a that's a Westlake tradition. It's, a, it's been a Westlake tradition for the last nine years, and and obviously we just uh, we enjoy the opportunity to get to spend this this week together, um, you know, and practice football. And obviously we we understand that we're blessed to be in this position to be one of sixteen teams left still practicing football, and it's a pretty fun week when it's just football. The school is school building is empty, everybody's home, and it's just football team up here preparing and. Enjoy each other's company. So it's been a great, great day. And, and Tony, for, for folks who didn't understand the Turkey Bowl, I know you talked about it before. Uh, Coach Dodge used to talk about it. Well, I mean, this 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 is a really cool deal because it involves kids who who otherwise, in a given playoff week, this specific week, would uh, not expect to be on the field on the game uh, for the playoff game itself, but they get an opportunity with family and friends and things to to take part in in some real live action. Yeah, we just kind of wrap it up right here. Um, family showing up you know we have uh our some seniors that obviously are uh, a little bit down the depth chart and our, our young kids that we brought up from our freshman and, and jv football teams those kids that probably aren't going to you know get too many reps on friday nights uh those kids get an opportunity to come out here and play a little tackle football uh against each other and have fun we put them in some friendly competitions some one-on-one routes and some some seven on seven pass scale stuff and there's some big plays one-handed touchdown touchdowns being caught and there's some one-handed interceptions being made and uh, the teammates are here to root, you know, hoop and holler and cheer them on, and it's a, it's a fun atmosphere for our kids just to let the hair down, you know, obviously go out there and play a little backyard football and, and a structured environment, and it's, uh, it's a fun day. So we're glad we, we, we were able to do it this week. Coach, I want to ask you about Jack Kaiser. I know we talked about Jack throughout the year, but we were talking about him earlier uh, earlier in the show. You know, he's coming off a game against New Braunfels, uh, 159 yards and four touchdowns. And, and, and we're saying, you know, maybe he doesn't get the, the notoriety from, from, from the, the, the general public that maybe some of the other running backs in the area do. But I know he, he is greatly appreciated inside your building. What has he meant not just to your offense but to your program and what's it like to have a kid like Jack uh, in your field house? No, man, he's just – 
he, he's everything you want. I mean, he's the ultimate teammate. Uh, he, you know, there's no drama with Jack. It's just he shows up on time every single day. He works as hard as he can be. Every single rep is a full-speed rep in practice. That's why he's able to play at full speed when the game comes because that's how he practices. Uh, obviously, he's just he's kind of a quiet-spoken guy. There's no frills to him. I mean, there's not too many highs. There's not too many lows. He's just as consistent as it can be, and his consistent is championship-level consistent. And, and obviously, the dude just runs and runs and runs and bounces off tackles, gets off the ground. Uh, I think he's faster than most people give him credit for. Um, I think obviously the people here in Central Texas know about him. I think people in the state are obviously starting to realize about him. But the the real, the only kind of sad part about it is there's a bunch of college coaches that are missing out on a, a dynamite player right here at Westlake in Westlake High School. There's a guy at Kansas State was Big 12 Player of the Year and has about the same stature. And uh, you put on the tape for Jack Kaiser, it's nothing short of amazing. Uh, I tell our, these coaches they come through, it's like Tecmo Bowl stuff. I mean, he's just he's making ten guys on the field miss and going find a way to score. And he's able to have that vision. He's able to have that speed and that strength. It's just a complete package. Obviously, touches the ball in the backfield, catching the ball as well. So he is our MVP. There's no doubt about that. And we're so glad that, uh, you know, he's, he's part of the Chaparral football team. I, I'm really glad that you that you made the comparison there with Deuce Vaughn because that's what I was thinking of back a few weeks ago because when people look at the size, they'll see that. And, and I know some folks may have a difficult time understanding how a guy who's not a real big size stature, physical stature running back can be that effective. And what I hear uh, college coaches talk about quite often is being able to run well behind their pads, being able to follow blockers, and then and then difficulty for opposing defenses to pick him up because of that. Absolutely. I mean, he hides in behind that offensive line so well and kind of pops out second level, you know, to the linebackers and it's kind of where to go, where to go. There he is, there he went. You know, it's, it's really what happens with Jack a lot of times. It's, um, you know, he gets in there and finds the holes, and obviously his feet keep moving and running. And, and like I said, we find ways to give him the football out of the backfield with screens and, and draws and, and obviously flaring him out of the backfield with some swing passes. And he's just a complete football player. And uh, I just uh, I'm kind of puzzled as to why there's uh, not guys beating down Jack Cash's door wanting a championship football player that's, that's going to be everything to their program like he is to ours. So, uh, hopefully they'll come to their senses, and maybe that turkey will bring it out in them, and they can start evaluating some college football players a little better. But we got one where it's number 33 here at Westlake, and I'd love for somebody to come give them a chance. Visiting with Tony Salazar, Westlake Chaparral's head coach, for a couple more minutes here. Uh, Tony, let, let's get your thoughts on San Benito. This, is this the way I've viewed it this season from doing the, the television show and the way I've had it described to me, is a landmark year for the Rio Grande Valley, mainly in 5A but also in 6A and uh, still with a couple of teams in 6A going on. And San Benito was one of the best in the Valley this year. How about your thoughts on the Greyhounds? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a talented football team. Obviously, they've had one uh, close loss to Harlingen, another undefeated football team down there. So they're 11-1 on the season. Um, you know, it starts up front with them is, is the physical brand of football. Those guys are going to run the football, you know, 50 times a game. They're going to throw it only a handful if you allow them, you know, and that's their game. That's their mold. On defense, they're pretty multiple. You know, they're not scared to – challenge your receivers and get up in there and challenge them, you know, with some press coverage, with some tight coverage, load the box, try to take away the run. So, obviously, those are two areas that we're going to try to, uh, you know, attack. we got to be ready to stop the run on defense, get off the field and get the ball to our offense. And then on offense, we've got to be able to obviously run the ball uh, when when the uh, the box presents itself and it's light. And then, obviously, when they pack it down in there, we've got to be able to throw some one-on-ones outside and, and loosen it up a little bit to get those linebackers uh, having to fluff out to help those receivers on the outside. Um, so, 
Uh, that's kind of the game plan. We know it's going to be a physical challenge early on, and obviously any time a team huddles up every single play and they run the football every play, possessions are limited, and they're of the utmost importance to uh, get off the field on defense and then obviously to go score points when you have the ball on offense. And that's obviously been uh, – we've been relaying that message to our football team this week. Uh, you know, we can't go, you know, just kind of half-stepping into this thing and, and uh, have a three-and-out in offense. We can't go half-stepping this thing and give up a – you know, a, a four first down, eight minute drive to start the football game. I mean, it's we'll turn around and be at halftime. It'll be a fourteen to seven game or a seven to seven game, and everybody's like, "What's going on?" Well, there's been three or four possessions only, and uh, we got to keep that from happening. Coach, we we talked throughout the year about uh, your quarterback situation with Paxton starting and then getting hurt and then making a comeback. But for Paxton and, and all your quarterbacks, how much has it helped them grow into the role, grow into the position? Uh, coming off a year where you lose Cade when you've got uh, Keaton Quebec and Jaden Greathouse, two really productive, really good football players that have played a lot of quality football for you. Yeah, I mean, we kind of knew that going into the year. Like, you know, whoever the next quarterback was going to be, that's, we didn't need them to be Cade Klubnik. You know, we needed them just to kind of be able to distribute the football to uh, the talent, uh, skill position players we had around the outside of them. And obviously that's been the task again, challenge to, to Paxton Land and Brett Skinner. Uh, those two guys have obviously started all of our 12 football games to this point. Um, and uh, both of them are very capable of doing that. And obviously Pax has grown as the year's going on the second half as he's starting to get his starts. Um, you know, just 